Good morning, Orlando. Friday morning at 6. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, Rick Scott goes to court. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Rick Scott charging voter fraud. We've got three Florida recount stories. We'll give you the latest next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 93.1. Every Floridian should be concerned there may be rampant fraud happening in Palm Beach and Broward counties. Governor and U.S. Senate candidate Rick Scott held a news conference in Tallahassee last night as his race against Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson appears headed toward a recount. He noted that votes were still being counted in Palm Beach and Broward counties 48 hours after the election. The people of Florida deserve fairness and transparency, and the supervisors are failing to give it to us. Scott said a lawsuit has been filed against Palm Beach and Broward counties for violating Florida law by withholding information and not allowing certain officials near the ballot counting area. An attorney for Senator Bill Nelson claims a recount will flip the preliminary results in the U.S. Senate race. Mark Elias says he's looked at the numbers and there's no doubt in his mind that Nelson beat Scott. When, in the end of the day, all eligible voters have their votes counted and counted accurately, the fundamental truth that we're going to learn is that more voters voted for Senator Nelson than voted for Governor Scott. And there isn't anything that Governor Scott and his billions of dollars are going to be able to do about that. Broward County is the key. They're still counting votes, and Elias says there's an issue with what's known as an undervote in the Senate race that could make a big difference in a manual recount. The governor's race is also now in recount territory. The latest numbers have Republican Ron DeSantis' lead over Democrat Andrew Gillum down to about 36,000 votes. And Democrat Nikki Freed is now in front of Republican Matt Caldwell in the contest for state agriculture commissioner. All 67 counties have to report their vote totals by 1 o'clock tomorrow, and state officials will then see if the races are close enough to require any recounts. If these races get flipped, the results change, the dust will never settle, Alan, it will make the 2000 presidential election in Florida look like a tea party. We're going to be talking about it a lot this morning. Yeah, and I'm dreading this story <laughs> as uh, a news person. <laughs> it's going to be ugly, and in the aftermath of it uh, will will be far-reaching on over a long period of time. Yeah, it's going to go on forever. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Twelve people gunned down in a bar in Thousand Oaks, California. The suspected gunman also found dead. He's been identified as 28-year-old former Marine Ian David Long. Now police are working to find out why he did it. Tyler Spady was in that bar when it happened and said he witnessed horror and heroes. There was a lot of heroes there that were, um, that are not with us anymore. That uh, And a lot of people that stayed inside of the bar, even though there was a gunman 20 feet away from them that were breaking windows, helping people out. In addition to the deaths, nearly two dozen people were injured in that massacre. Also in California, firefighters are battling two raging wildfires. In Southern California, the Hill Fire is tearing through Ventura County and has burned about 10,000 acres. To the north, the Camp Fire is burning out of control, covering 20,000 acres, about 80 miles north of Sacramento. The largest cruise ship in the world heads to its permanent home in South Florida today. Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas made its first U.S. stop at Port Canaveral Thursday morning. The ship is nearly 1,200 feet long. 
and holds almost 9,000 passengers and crew. It's like about half the size of Rhode Island. I have no idea <laughs> how, they, how they get this thing in and out of port. It's amazing. Yeah, how does that stay afloat? I know. That's a lot of weight. <laughs> WFLA <laughs> news time is 6.05. A woman who recently got her driver's license back crashes through a liquor store. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Uh-oh. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Thanks, Alan. Alan Spector on the big stories of the morning. And the two, we're going to spend a lot of time talking with, with you. Um, of course, the recounts here in Florida and the charge of voter fraud by uh, Governor Rick Scott in connection with his Senate race against Bill Nelson. Where is all of this headed? I will give you the latest, and I'll tell you, um, when you take a look at where the problem counties are, you can understand why not only is the governor very suspicious, Senator Marco Rubio is as well. We'll give you what he is saying. And I told you yesterday I was getting a very uncomfortable feeling uh, that there was going to be some nefarious activity afoot here. And I have to tell you, um, we want a legitimate result, no question about it. But we have seen it, and this is my opinion, the left, the end justifies the means. And whatever it takes will be done by liberal activists to try and change these election results. And this needs to be watched very, very closely. Um, we'll get into that. The aftermath of the massacre in California has left the Budman here with a very, very unsettling conclusion that maybe we're just going to have to accept risk, not only when we drive, when we fly, but when we go out just for a night of dining and entertainment anywhere in America, which we always thought was safe and risk free. I don't know how you stop what happened at Thousand Oaks, California. And my heart sank when we found out it was a Marine. Oh my goodness. One of our finest. So we'll get into all of that as well. And we have a lot to say. And if you want to get in early on the, uh, on the recount and the prospect of voter fraud here in Florida, 407-916-5400, our text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Friday edition to Good Morning Orlando, coming to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250 keyword real estate. Kicking things off by uh, right now, let's have our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. We got one all three hours every day. You can win a thousand bucks right now. Get in on this. Listen for the keyword of the hour coming in seconds. Then text that keyword to 200 200. You could win a thousand dollars. Good luck to you. That followed immediately by my latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. The Bud Man, Alan Spector on the news. Yaffe, our executive producer, Steph, taking your calls. Callers, stay on the line if you want to talk about the recount situation or how we stop uh, the carnage with these mass shootings, the likes of which we saw again, of course, out in Southern California in what was breaking news as we were with you here exactly 24 hours ago. Um, but at any rate, here is where we stand on these critically uh, important Florida races. It looked like um, Scott had defeated Nelson for the U.S. Senate seat and flipped a Senate seat, so important. And uh, now the thing is tightened up with additional votes being counted. I mean, everybody has their votes in except these persistently troubled, 
counties that I'm suspicious of in southeast Florida, land of the liberals, Broward principally, and, and Palm Beach County as well. Here is where we stand as of this hour. Um, Scott's lead has dwindled to 15,000 votes among 8 million cast. This over Bill Nelson, okay? That is a margin of 0.18%, okay? It's now gone below 0.5 and below 0.25 and below 0.25. You get into a lengthy manual recount of every ballot. That's where this is headed. And in the governor's race, that's tightened up enough, but not as much as the Senate race. Uh, DeSantis' lead over Gillum is now about 36,000 votes. That's 0.44%. It's below the 0.5 threshold that triggers an automatic machine recount. And then in the Florida agriculture race, Democrat Nikki Freed, who was behind Republican Matt Caldwell, is now up by 564 votes. That is so tight, it's headed for a manual recount, okay? Election officials in each of Florida's 67 counties have until noon Saturday to report unofficial results to the state. And um, it looks like a machine recount will be completed by the 15th of November. A manual account could take a lot longer than that. Um, Listen, let's hear a little bit more from Rick Scott, who is mad as a hornet and charging voter fraud down in those southeast counties of Florida, land of the liberals. Every day since the election, the left-wing activists in Broward County have been coming up with more and more ballots out of nowhere. We all know what is going on. Every person in Florida knows exactly what is happening. Their goal is to keep mysteriously finding more votes the election turns out the way they want. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. And here's Senator Marco Rubio on Twitter. Broward election supervisors, ongoing violation of Florida law requiring timely reporting isn't just annoying incompetence. It has opened the door for lawyers to come here to try to steal a seat in the U.S. Senate and the Florida cabinet, not to mention, Senator, stealing the governorship from Ron DeSantis. Going on on Twitter further, Rubio, latest ballots dumped by Broward and or Palm Beach counties, flipped the Ag Commission race to Democrat and shaved another 4,000 from Scott's lead in the Senate race. Since 3 a.m. Wednesday, there's been a slow drip from these two Democrat-controlled counties, cutting Scott's lead from 54 to 17,000, and they refuse to disclose the number of ballots they have left. That's absolutely true. As of 5 o'clock yesterday, Broward County election officials said they finished counting early voting ballots with only mail-in ballots and provisional ballots remaining. Uh, The elections uh, commissioners down there, very controversial figure, uh, a liberal activist without question, Brenda Snipes, who's had problems before and been caught with her um, illicit activities in terms of, of voting. She says the county would finish counting ballots soon, quote unquote. Snipes adding the county has accepted 205 of 600 provisional ballots so far. Snipes no stranger to controversy. Last May, a court ruled she illegally destroyed ballots from a 2016 congressional race. And the state announced that it would send election experts to Broward County to make sure that the laws are followed this time around. Meanwhile, just south of there in Palm Beach County, or just north rather, Uh, The supervisor of elections, Susan Booker, is saying that her office will finish counting about 3,500 remaining ballots by late Friday afternoon. I am more than a little bit concerned 
that out of southeast Florida, if this is not watched, and I want a legitimate result, okay, uh, but but that, that they are literally going to keep on counting until they get the result they want, and they steal the Senate seat from Scott, and they steal the governorship from DeSantis, and, of course, flip the ag commissioner um, cabinet race here in Florida to the Democrats. Um, pretty disturbing what is going on. We're going to have time to talk about all of that. We need to talk also about the aftermath of the uh, the massacre in, in California. Are we to the point now where we just are going to have to live with this risk when we go out to dinner and go out for entertainment? The way we accept a certain amount of risk every time we get out on the highway behind the wheel of our cars, as many of you are now, and all of us accept when we get on an airplane and have absolutely no control over our fate and know that our lives will all be snuffed out if the plane goes down. You know, we, we make peace with certain risk in certain areas of our lives. Has it come to it in America now that we need to make peace with the thought that, yeah, mm-hmm, there's a small risk that any time we are out in a public venue that can really not be well secured, uh, we're on a risk of not coming home alive. Is that where we are in this country? How sad, how disturbing, if true. I don't know how you stop something like what happened out at Thousand Oaks at the Borderline Bar and Grill. If you have an answer to that, please let me know, because I don't see how, really, given all the circumstances we've come to know, it could have been prevented. I don't. We are going to get into my thoughts, and I'm very unsettled with the conclusions I am reaching in the wake of the latest mass shooting in America. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I do want to go to the uh, to the callers and the texters on the on the recount situation here. And uh, I listen. You heard the governor. You heard Senator Rubio. Uh, I was uh, sounding the alarm on this yesterday. Uh, I I think uh, we are ripe for election fraud and some stolen elections here. And if that happens, it will make the chaos. Um, in the wake of the 2000 presidential election and the recount here in Florida looked like a tea party. Yaffe, your thoughts on this. Am I too cynical for my own good, or am I uh, maybe not paranoid enough? No, you're definitely not too cynical. I mean, when Marco Rubio was coming out and posting tweet after tweet with evidence after evidence of possible voter fraud in South Florida, that says a lot. Rubio's not a kind of guy who's into conspiracy theories or to rock the boat too much in certain situations. And he is passionate about this, and he has a lot of evidence to back him up. Yeah, and this Brenda Snipes, who's a elections commissioner in Broward County, which is a super liberal county here, She's a black activist down there. I mean, she is. I mean, I, I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. And there was court action against her for destroying right. congressional ballots, for crying out loud. Yeah, why she is still the supervisor of elections down there is beyond me. I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, because because she gets support from all of the liberals. Exactly. You know, yep. I, and I, honest to goodness, I think the end justifies the means for the libs. And, and they'll do anything here. And they'll have a clear conscience doing it if they steal these elections. And, and we got to be very, very concerned about it. What's coming out of the text line on this, Mike? Uh, one person makes a really good point, says these counties lean Democratic about 60 to 40 percent. How are all these new ballots ending up Democratic? It's not like the whole county is Democratic. And why can the hurricane-ravaged counties in the panhandle manage to count the votes on time on Tuesday night and down there in the land of the libs, oh, my goodness. Oh, we got a stack of ballots here. My, oh, 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 we got this. Oh, we got provisional ballots. Holy smokes. Hold on a minute. I just found another box of them here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Robert and Oviedo, good morning. Bud, man, good morning. Happy Friday, I think. 
Well, uh, we're getting close to the finish line. It's been a tough week, hasn't it? Are we in Philly or Florida? It's Friday. <laughs> Come on. You, you don't have your ballots counted? I fed mine into the machine, and Seminole County was counted instantly. I mean, should FDLE go down there and uh, research who recently bought 500 Sharpies or, or what's going on, you know? Yeah, no, Rick Scott wants uh, FDLE, um, um, you know, Florida Department of Law Enforcement investigating this here. Um, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's right. Why, why is this lady still supervisor of elections destroying ballots? That's just ridiculous. I couldn't agree with you more. Ben, you're on from Claremont. Good morning from Lake County, Ben. Hey, bud. How are you this morning? We're okay. And how are you, my friend? Very well. Thank you. The point I was going to make y'all all covered it real well was the fact that you have every right to assume this stuff. And the sad part is that we accept it over and over and over again. Well, we've never seen anything like this in two huge races, you know, that I, I absolutely can see the vote count flipping on the on the Scott race here. And I don't know what's going to happen when that occurs. And it could happen with Gillum as well, because that race is tightening up. Uh, too. I really smell a huge rat, and that rat lives in Broward and Palm Beach County. Thank you. We'll be into this story more all morning long. We want to bring you up to date, particularly those of you just hopping on the 50,000-watt front porch, a little bit bleary-eyed after a long week here on a Friday morning. We're glad you're with us. Alan Spector with the news, and he'll report on the three statewide races apparently headed for recounts here in Florida And in the NFL Thursday night game, boy, did the steel curtain fall on the Panthers. Amazing story there. And good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. We are glad you're with us here at 629. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us. Bottom of the hour on a Friday, we get our news from our good friend, Alan Spector, who's across the table from me on the 50,000-watt front porch talking recount. Alan? Yes, bud. With his lead in the U.S. Senate race over Bill Nelson, down to less than 15,000 votes and a recount on the horizon, Republican Governor Rick Scott is alleging voter fraud in two South Florida counties. We've all seen the incompetence and irregularities in vote tabulations in Broward and Palm Beach for years. Well, here we go again. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. At a news conference in Tallahassee last night, Scott said he's suing Broward and Palm Beach counties, claiming they violated Florida law by withholding information and not allowing certain officials near the ballot counting area. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio is also casting a suspicious eye on the same two counties, The Florida Republican was on Fox last night. It's concerning when you go to sleep at 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning after the election, and, for example, Rick Scott is up by 60,000 votes, 54,000 votes, whatever it was. Today is at 17,000, and the only counties that are still reporting are Palm Beach and and, uh, Broward. Rubio criticized Broward County Election Supervisor Brenda Snipes, a Democrat he called incompetent, and who he said has a history of violating state and federal laws. Indeed she does. Democrat Andrew Gillum may still have a chance to become governor. The official vote count has Tallahassee's mayor trailing Republican Ron DeSantis by less than a half a percentage point, which would be close enough to trigger an automatic recount. And the race for state agriculture commissioner is already flipped, with Democrat Nikki Freed now holding a slight lead over Republican Matt Caldwell. Vote totals from all 67 counties are due in Tallahassee by 1 tomorrow afternoon, and then state officials will order recounts if needed. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Rallies were held nationwide last night to call for action to protect the Russia investigation. 
Protesters gathered in New York's Times Square outside the White House and at many other locations across the U.S., including Tallahassee. The demonstrations are a response to Matthew Whitaker's appointment as acting attorney general and possible ramifications for special counsel Robert Mueller. A federal judge is holding up the controversial Keystone XL oil pipeline. Judge Brian Morris of the District Court in Montana wrote the government needs to redo its analysis to look at climate change, the impact of oil spills and endangered species, and include cultural resource examinations along the pipeline's route from Canada to Texas. And Ben Roethlisberger threw for 328 yards and five touchdowns as the Steelers crushed the Carolina Panthers 52-21 to on Thursday night football at Pittsburgh. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said it's a nice way to get an early start on the weekend. You get games like that sometimes. The ball gets rolling downhill. We're appreciative of it. It was a great atmosphere tonight. Um, man, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy this, this long weekend and, and get ready to roll up our sleeves and fight again. Pittsburgh improved to 6-2-1. and one. Carolina fell to 6-3. and three. I was reading more points than they've ever scored in any game at Heinz Field. Wow. WFLA <laughs> news time is 6-36. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. In a moment, we're going to be talking about um, what I have concluded in the wake of the um, the latest uh, massacre in this country, what happened out in Southern California, and see whether or not you agree or disagree. But right now, let's bring in Gina Savetti with a Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report live from New York City. Gina, good morning to you. But good morning. You're checking out the stock futures after reviewing yesterday's performance. What can you tell us? Well, right now, it looks like we're headed for a loss at the open on Wall Street as the U.S. stock futures track global markets lower. This is coming on growing concerns about a slowdown in China and Beijing's plans to address it. Yesterday on Wall Street, stocks were mostly lower after the Fed left interest rates unchanged as expected and stayed the course to hike rates next month. The losses weren't huge. The S&P was down seven points, about a quarter percent to 2807. The Nasdaq fell 40 or one half of one percent to 7531. The Dow was little changed to higher. It gained 11 points and closed at 26,191. Sears surged after announcing another 40 stores slated to close. This time, those are in February. Uh, the Bloomberg Orlando index yesterday down about one half of one percent. And Disney reported earnings after the close yesterday. Is it fair to say that Mickey Mouse has a bigger smile this morning than <laughs> usual, Gina? I think that's fair. <laughs> Minnie as well, probably, yeah. and the whole crew. Disney reported quarterly sales and profit that beat estimates. Its parks attracted more visitors, bud, and also coaxed guests to spend more. That helped boost revenue by 9%, profit by 11%. Meanwhile, revenue surged 50% in the film division. And Disney's biggest business, TV, managed to grow as well, helped by the fees that ABC gets from its pay TV providers. And Disney has so many forms of great traditional entertainment, but they're always looking to the future. And uh, Disney CEO Bob Iker was yesterday. Tell us about that. Yeah, he's laid out his vision for the company's big bet on video streaming. This includes a new flagship service due late next year that will be called Disney Plus, which will feature family entertainment. Iger is plotting a future with at least three online platforms, including Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, which Disney gains control over with its purchase of 21st Century Fox Entertainment assets. All right. Important information there about the Mouse House. Now let's talk about 
one of the big rental car companies, maybe the biggest, Hertz. They've had some troubles. They're turning things around. What's going on with Hertz? Yeah, the South Florida-based company motored higher after posting its biggest quarterly profit in three years. The chief executive officer there, Catherine Marinello, has spent almost two years unloading passenger cars that have fallen out of favor, both in the used market and with rental customers. And she's rapidly replaced sedans with more popular SUVs. All of that is helping Hertz. And avocado lovers, we may have a national crisis in the works here. Are you telling me <laughs> that they're going to be harder to find at the grocery store, avocados, Gina? Could be a price dispute between packing companies and producers in the heartland of Mexican avocado production has halted exports. The U.S. is the top buyer of Mexican avocados, and the interruption has already hurt deliveries to retailers like North Carolina-based Food Lion and the Firehouse Subs chain. All right, Gina Cervetti, power-packed edition, as always, of the Bloomberg Business Report, live from New York City. Have a great weekend. We'll look for you Monday morning. Thanks, bud. You too. Thank you. Coming up here in a moment, um, what was breaking news yesterday during the show, and, uh, and I know your heart is broken for all of the people who have been lost in the latest mass shooting in America. And did your heart sink to your shoes like mine did when we found out that the gunman was a United States Marine? The big picture on this I've been thinking of for the last 24 hours. Knowing what we now know about this latest massacre, is there any way to stop something like what happened in Thousand Oaks, California? And I have come to the disturbing conclusion, maybe not. How, how would you stop such a thing from happening? How would you have stopped what happened there? 407-916-5400. Toll-free is 866-916-5400. And the text line is 23680, where standard message and data rate supply. That's next. We'll talk about it with you right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for everybody listening to us here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. That's in two minutes. So now we know the gunman who slaughtered 12 and then took his own life at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, Southern California, the night before last, was 28-year-old U.S. Marine Ian Long. He had served in the Marine Corps from 2008 to 2013, deployed to Afghanistan for about eight months in 2010-2011. He was a corporal trained as a machine gunner, an expert shot, even though he had a pistol, not a machine gun, at the club. Um, his mom and neighbors had been concerned that he had post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, they say he just didn't want help, wouldn't take help. Got a little bit of help earlier this year when he had been behaving erratically. And um, under California's red flag law, like we have here in Florida post-Parkland massacre, two psychiatrists examined him. To see whether or not they needed to take him out of circulation for a period of time, deny him uh, access to guns, etc. They examined him and they said he was not a serious threat to others or himself. And so he was not detained. Uh, in a situation like that, I mean, I guess you can be okay, relatively speaking, today, and tomorrow you can have a really bad day if you got PTSD. But what do you do? Take somebody out of circulation? You know, lock them up, put them in a men mental institution or whatever, anticipating that they might do something when they've done nothing criminal 
and have no criminal record. He had some minor traffic and um, infractions and, and a few other things, but nothing uh, where a lot of red flags would go up. With the element of surprise at the club, he rushed the front entrance to the borderline bar and grill, shot an unarmed bouncer, immediately started shooting anyone he saw. It all happened so fast. I mean, even if the bouncer had a gun, with the element of surprise that people say was in wor- at work here, I mean, I really doubt whether he could have taken out the gunman. There were six off-duty cops reportedly inside the club, but they all apparently had left their guns at home. Um, there was a heroic sheriff's deputy who arrived, went in, tried to save lives, shielded some victims, but caught several bullets and died at the hospital. What's the solution here? You say, gun control, ban all assault weapons. He used a pistol with an extended magazine. Confiscate all guns? Unconstitutional, in case you have forgotten under the Second Amendment, and absolutely impossible to do. The nation is awash in guns, hundreds and hundreds of millions, and somebody who wants a gun with a bad motive, is always going to get one. I mean, let patrons carry guns in bars and clubs like this, alcohol and firearms, an explosive combination. Do you really want that at every bar and club you go to, to know that everybody there who's half in the tank has got a gun and could use it when they lose their senses drinking? What about mental health needs to be dealt with? I mean, how do you deny someone like this gunman his Second Amendment right to bear arms when he hasn't done anything criminal? He's been cleared by mental health professionals who examined him and deemed him not a threat. We accept certain risks in our lives, folks. All of you on the road this morning have accepted the risk of getting behind the wheel of a car when you could be taken out by a semi or a driver coming the wrong way. Every time we get on an airplane, we give our fate over to a pilot. If the plane falls out of the sky, we're not reaching our destination. We accept the risk because it's something we want to do and we feel we can manage the risk. I never thought we had risk to manage when we made a decision to go out to dinner at a restaurant or go to a club for a night of entertainment. But I think, I don't know how you stop this, gang. I am telling you, and we can talk about this in all three hours this morning if I can't get to you now. As it come to the point where there are no safe places, and we simply have to say, you know, I'm either going to hide in my house or I'm going to go out and I will accept the risk that something like Thousand Oaks could happen anywhere, and there's no reasonable expectation that if it happened the way this happened, it could be stopped. Callers, I want you to stay on the line here, and um, we'll try to get to you in just a moment. We would also need to talk Veterans Day, so... What's going on? Right now, let's update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Ginsburg's had all kinds of health problems, um, and she even has beaten cancer twice, including, believe it or not, the early stages of pancreatic cancer that almost nobody seems to survive. Um, She said she's going to go at least until she's 90, um, but she has had a fall, and she is hospitalized with a broken ribs. Now, um, Yaffe... I, I hate to admit that there's a problem without a solution, but I think it's come to this. For you know, a situation like Thousand Oaks could happen anywhere, and the way it happened leads me to conclude there would be no way to prevent the carnage if somebody's going to initiate something like that, uh, and they're good with a gun, and they do it quickly, and they rush a place, you know, that that's open and can't reasonably secured be secured. You got to live with the risk the way you live with the risk when you drive, when you fly. Yeah, and unfortunately, now we have sort of the copycat effect. Now that other people have done it, 
new people are going to keep doing it because they have the idea now to do it. Well, I hope we haven't given worse. them the idea. You know, I, <laughs> no, I mean, the other shooters have given them the idea because oh, it's in the media and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what's happening. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like an epidemic. It's unfortunate. Go to the phones here, and then you can check the text line for me in a minute here. Andrew, you're in Orlando. What about it? Is there a solution to a scenario like what happened in Thousand Oaks to prevent it somewhere else? Andrew, good morning. You're on with the Bud Man. Okay. Uh, pay attention, gang, if you're going to call me, all right? <laughs> I don't want you wasting the time of the best audience in talk radio. Leon, you're in you, Matilda. Good morning from Lake County. Good morning, Bud. I'm a combat veteran of the 9th Infantry Division in Vietnam. I'm also a recovering alcoholic for 35 years. And the answer is staring you right in the face. All this wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair isn't doing a damn thing. What you do is arm yourself. You either arm yourself or you become a sheep. And nobody walks into a bar if they know that everybody in there is armed. You put a sign on the door that says, Conceal Weapons Encouraged. These people that do all this shooting do not walk into anything but soft targets. You don't walk into a soft target unarmed. So you're comfortable with the idea that you got a bar where some people don't handle their liquor too well, and you remember that because you lived it in your life. Yep. Um, uh, and you're yep. comfortable with all with with multiple people in there having a gun, and they can get anger, have a hair trigger because they're drunk, and and all of a sudden you've got carnage inside the bar, unrelated very, to somebody like. I am very comfortable with it because all you're going to do in a situation like that yeah. is take a couple of drunks out of the gene pool. All right, okay. I can tell you that a lot of businesses are not going to want that. They're going to think they're going to lose more customers than they're going to gain. Jill, you're in Orlando. Good morning, Jill. Hi, bud. Um, So I'm going on my email this morning, and here we have GameStop, who is a business, and I know they have to make money, but here it is. Regrets are deadly. Pre-order Hitman 2 before it's too late. Oh, my word. They've got this picture of a man holding a gun with these black gloves on, and he looks official. He almost looks like an FBI agent. So what is the point you're making, Jill? uh, Okay, so this guy goes into the bar. He shoots him like... Bam, bam, bam. Nobody has a, a chance to react. And then I go on my email and I see these games that pretty much replicate the same thing. Okay, I see what you're saying, and it gives people the idea of how to go do it. There's no evidence that that was involved with this Marine here, uh, Ian Long. We do not know what his motivation was. Uh, it's Veterans Day weekend here. I mean, actually, at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918 is when the armistice was signed to end World War I that was considered the Great War and the war to end all wars. Obviously, it did not. The 100th anniversary of that will be observed by the president in Europe, in, um, in Paris, over the weekend. As I told you here, there will be Veterans Day weekend observances everywhere, and they're not all going to actually be on Veterans Day. Just to give you an example here, um, Saturday, tomorrow, which is November 10th, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning in downtown Orlando, the annual Orlando Veterans Day parade. Uh, and then today at 10 o'clock uh, in uh, Winter Park, the Veterans Day celebration will occur. Uh, in Sanford, theirs is tomorrow, Saturday at 11 a.m. at the Veterans Day um, Memorial Park, Veterans Memorial Park. Just to give you a sampling, because they're all over Central Florida, and we need to go pay tribute to our veterans wherever you are. Make time for that this weekend with your kids and your grandkids, all right? It's so important to do. 
Winter Springs um, on Sunday at 6 p.m. at the Winter Springs Town Center Veterans Memorial, the city of Ocoee. The Veterans Day ceremony is actually Monday the 12th. Last night they had um, Army Appreciation Day at the National Hockey League game, Tampa Bay Lightning, and a 99-year-old World War II veteran sang the national anthem. Robert McClintock turns 100 Monday. Let's listen. On the rocket's red glare, the bomb burst in And the crowd went wild. Wow. Yaffe, I'm a singer. That gives me hope. I'll be able to croon tunes for a few more years anyway. How about him, huh? I would have not believed he was 99 if you didn't tell me. It's incredible. No, no way. He did really good. He was really fantastic. Good. What a man. And, boy, was he loved on by that crowd at the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey game. News at the top of the hour. Alan Spector brings it to us on Fridays. And another big story we're all over this morning. Rick Scott charging voter fraud as he faces a recount. And Thousand Oaks, California, mourning the 12 victims of that mass shooting. Good morning, Orlando, at 6.59 now. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday at the 7 o'clock hour as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning. Heading toward the recounts. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And we'll have a live report on the recount drama here in Florida, and we will talk about the aftermath of the massacre in Southern California. All in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 93.1. Governor Rick Scott says what he calls unethical liberals are trying to steal the election from the people of Florida. Every person in Florida knows exactly what is happening. Their goal is to keep mysteriously finding more votes till election turns out the way they want. And when that fails, they will file a bunch of lawsuits in order to try to overturn the will of the voters. Scott told a news conference in Tallahassee last night that he's suing Palm Beach and Broward counties, accusing them of violating state election laws. This comes as the Republicans' lead over Democratic incumbent U.S. Senator Bill Nelson drops to less than 15,000 votes within the margin that would call for a manual recount under state law. Bill Nelson's lawyer says he'll win once the recounts are done. Attorney Mark Elias says there was a huge undervote in the Senate race in Broward County. Elias thinks there was a problem with the electronic scanners that can be corrected with a manual recount. What we are likely going to see in a hand recount is a whole bunch of ballots that for one reason or another, either due to calibration issues or ballot marking issues, uh, were not counted, that um, that will be counted uh, as part of a hand recount. Florida's Secretary of State is warning local supervisors to prepare for recounts in not only the race for senator, but also Secretary of Agriculture and Governor. Republican Ron DeSantis spoke about the situation during a stop in Hialeah, but he kept his comments brief. We're working really hard on the transition. Um, you know, we'll let the, let the lawyers do what they got to do, but I, we're, we're good and uh, I'm looking forward to serving. Thank, Thank you, guys. The vote gap between DeSantis and Democrat Andrew Gillum is closed to inside the half a percentage point margin. And under Florida law, that triggers an automatic machine recount. I got to tell you, if these races get flipped, one or more of them, the dust will never settle politically in this state. We'll be talking about it more and we'll have a live report later in this half hour. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
Investigators say a 28-year-old Marine veteran named Ian David Long shot and killed 12 people in the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks, California, Wednesday night before turning the gun on himself. Among the victims was Ventura County Sheriff Sergeant Ron Hellis. He went in basically by himself, uh, helped neutralize the situation, and gave his life in order for others to live. That's the mayor of Thousand Oaks, Andy Fox. A vigil was held last night to honor the 12 people killed. A wind-driven wildfire in Southern California is threatening a 1,000 homes and closing a freeway north of Los Angeles. At least 30,000 people have been forced to evacuate. In Northern California, the campfire started early yesterday morning and quickly blew up to 20,000 acres. That fire has forced about 40,000 people to evacuate. I heard a frightening um, report yesterday that that fire was consuming three football fields worth of foliage every second. Wow. Out of control. Incredible. Incredible. The head of the Walt Disney Company says the new Star Wars-themed lands at its parks in Orlando and California are the biggest attractions the company has ever built. CEO Bob Iger told Disney investors Thursday that demand to visit the new attractions could be dramatically high and that managing that demand will be a challenge. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is set to open next year at Disney's Hollywood Studios here in Orlando and at Disneyland in California. Ka-ching, ka-ching for the mouse. Yeah, finally, they're going to make some money on this thing. WFLA News Time is 7.07. A judge denies a request by drug kingpin El Chapo to be hugged by his wife. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Stop crying, bud. (laughs) The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Say, Alexa, play News Radio 93.1. You're a trip, Alan. Have a great time. Alan Spector bringing us the news. I just wonder how Mrs. El Chapo feels about the whole thing. (laughs) I kind of wonder that, too. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch you at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer in the control room alongside him, Steph. The friendly voice you will hear when you want to get on the 50,000-watt front porch and talk to me, 407-916-5400. The toll-free, 866-916-5400. Text line, never busy, 23680. But there, standard message and data rates apply. Um, yeah, we're going to have a live report from one of our national correspondents on this recount drama here in the state of Florida amid charges of uh, voter fraud from not only Rick Scott, but Senator Marco Rubio and from the Bud Man, for whatever that might be worth. I smell a great, big, nasty left-wing liberal rat, and the odor is coming out of Broward and Palm Beach counties, lands of the libs southeast of here. Um, We're going to get into the aftermath of the massacre here. When you look at something that unfolded the way this did, given what we've come to know about the gunman, this 28-year-old Marine who may have had PTSD but didn't want help, had been cleared by psychiatric professionals under their red flag law, like we have here in Florida post-Parkland, and, and and deemed not to be a threat. And he bursts in, he's an expert gunman, into this uh, entertainment venue, um, you know, with gun with a gun blazing. I mean, I don't know how you stop something like that. And I'm just trying to come to grips with the idea that there may be no way to stop it when it unfolds the way this did, which could literally happen anywhere. And maybe we need to put on the list of things we just accept risk every day for, like driving and flying, dining, 
and an evening of entertainment. There is no safe place in America. Free Movie Friday on a brighter note. How'd you like to earn or win some free movie tickets? You can do it thanks to Adam Tickets. Here's how you do it. You want free movie tickets? Get in the running right now. Text them at text RECORD, R-E-C-O-R-D, to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661 for your chance to win. The Adam's Ticket app is just great fun and amazing. What a tool. That's where you go. The Adam's Ticket app to browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Good luck getting those free movie tickets. Um, more on um, what we know about the gunman and the massacre at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Southern California. And, um, and your calls and text messages, really, think hard about this. Is this simply a situation that there was no way to stop? It feels that way to me, given the circumstances, which could be replicated, you know, here, there, anywhere in modern-day America. Let's talk about it, shall we? And we will after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes here. And good morning, Orlando. How heartbreaking is the massacre at the um, entertainment venue, the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks in Southern California? Twelve people dead, plus the gunman. And how heartbreaking to learn that the gunman was a United States Marine who had served in Afghanistan Uh, And elsewhere, he was a corporal and trained as a machine gunner, so he knew what he was doing with a firearm. He was using a pistol in this case, uh, surprising everybody, bursting in in disguise into this club and and, and opening fire, and nobody had a chance. He ultimately took his own life. Uh, He had earned several awards in the Marines, uh, Ian Long, including a combat action ribbon and a Marine Corps, are you ready? Good conduct medal. He'd had a few, you know, issues with uh, law enforcement, traffic violations, an incident where he was a victim of battery at a local bar a few years ago. Um, this past April, deputies were called to Ian Long's home. He lived with his mother, who was concerned that he had post-traumatic stress disorder from his service, but he refused help. He didn't want help. Uh, there was some kind of a disturbance there. They showed up. And uh, under the red flag law they have there that we now have in Florida, they brought in a couple of mental health specialists who examined Ian Long and then determined they did not feel he was qualified to be taken out of circulation involuntarily under the red flag law, that he was not a danger to himself or others, and, uh, and he was not mentally ill. His gun was purchased legally. Combine all of that with the element of surprise that night, I don't know how in the world you stop such a thing. I guess we just live, do we not, with some level of risk that we never thought we had to deal with when we went out for an evening. Here is Ben. Good morning to you. You're on with the Bud Man. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, the way we combat this is we have to stop broadcasting these people and making them famous. I mean, I mean, okay, think about it this way, Bud. This stuff's gone on for years. Think about the faint doubt, the faint, the um, faint Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago in the twenties, and then you have the Texas uh, University tower shooter. All right. So, and what is the happened. point you want to make? Well, the point is, is we make these people famous. I think they're trying to one up each other. I think they're finding they're they're thinking in the back of their mind that if they do this. They'll become notorious and famous. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you that may be true with some of these people. It doesn't seem it was true with this with this Marine. 
I think you had PTSD, but wait a minute. If a professionals examine him, you can't take somebody out of circulation, lock them up, put them in a mental institution, anticipating that, yeah, they're okay today, but they might be not be okay tomorrow. You know, what do you do in a situation like this? I really don't think he's somebody who just is trying to be a big deal. There was something wrong with him, perhaps from his combat experience in Afghanistan, but he didn't want help. They had the red flag law. They examined him, said, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's got problems, but he's fine. He's not a threat to anybody. What do you do in a situation like that other than what was done? I don't know. It's very disturbing to think that we just may have to live with this kind of risk that we accept freely when we drive and when we fly, when we just go out for an evening to enjoy ourselves or have a dinner. I think it's what it's come to in this country. I don't know how you stop it, gang, when it's a scenario like what we had here. Let's get back to the recount drama here in Florida. I'm telling you, this is going to make what happened in the 2000 presidential election here look like an absolute nothing burger, a tea party, if these races get flipped. A live report coming up. Stay tuned. Download the free and phenomenal iHeartRadio app. You will absolutely love it, and it is free to you from all of us on iHeartRadio and WFLA Orlando. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Right now, let's bring in Michael Bauer, our News Radio 93.1 national correspondent, working the Florida recount story, which is one of the big stories we are all over this morning. Michael, good morning. Thanks for coming on board. Give us the latest. Well, happy Friday to you, bud, man. Uh, what would an election in Florida be like without the drama, right? Oh, I mean, it's stop. kind of we're all a little used to at this point. You're killing uh, me. And at this at this point in time, listen, Floridians still waiting to hear what's happening when it comes to the governor's race, the Senate race. And then there's that agricultural commissioner race as right. well, all of them beyond tight. A tight might be an, uh, an understatement at this point. The governor's race, uh, as of yesterday afternoon, DeSantis led Gillum by 0.47 percentage points. Now, again, let's not forget, Gillum did concede in Tuesday's election. But now, when you look at these, you kind of go, well, let's hold off for a little bit of a second. Maybe that concession speech was a little too soon. 0.47 falls right under that point. 0.5% that the uh, Florida mandates for the recount. Now, if you go into the Senate race, which needs to have the 0.25, if there's going to be a recount of a manual portion, that's where we're at clearly. And now that number seems to be falling. What we had earlier going into yesterday was that uh, Rick Scott's lead over Bill Nelson was around 0.21, still falling under that 0.25 portion. It's down to 0.18, at least according to reports this morning. Right. It was 1.9 earlier this morning, down to 1.18. So that number is dropping in the lead over Nelson, which I think is a part of the reason why Scott is looking for this transparency. You know, how many more votes do we think are out there that you have to look at? How yeah. many more ballots are out there that you guys are counting? And how's that all going? Because it sure seems to be on the hush right now. Yeah, what we'd be looking at is a, um, a, a machine uh, recount on the Senate race or, or, mm-hmm. or, on, the, or on, the, on the governor's on the race governor's and race. a hand yeah. count on the Senate race, according to Florida law, because of the percentages if they hold. But Governor Scott was on last night with a news conference, uh, you know, charging voter fraud out of uh, some of these liberal counties in southeastern Florida where they're still counting votes and they just keep on counting votes in Broward and Palm Beach counties. I'm really, really upset about this, and so was the governor. Here's Rick Scott. Every day since the election, the left-wing activists in Broward County have been coming up with more and more ballots out of nowhere. We all know what is going on. Every person in Florida knows exactly what is happening. Their goal is to keep mysteriously finding more votes until the election turns out the way they want. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. 
And Marco Rubio is echoing charges of voter fraud here. Continue, Michael. I was going to say, if you just to counter what other states are doing, we saw from Arizona yesterday, who, by the way, they still don't have a decision when it comes to the Senate race there. Um, they, they announced yesterday that every night at 5 p.m. they were going to begin making an announcement as to where the totals were, how many more votes they started to have to count, or how many votes they had left to count. And they were going to be making that announcement every night at 5 p.m. until this decision was done. What we saw last night is a flip in regards to that Senate race in Arizona, where you had the Democrat, Kirsten cinema right. go ahead of Martha McSally, the Republican in the Senate race, by about 2,000 votes. Now, they initially announced yesterday they had 650,000 votes still to count. They had 650,000 uh, ballots out there. Now they've got about 400,000 of them left to go, but they're being very clear and transparent into how many votes they are still, still counting and expect to count and how many votes they have counted. They're making those yeah. announcements daily. We're not seeing that same kind of transparency in Florida, and I think that's what the governor, former governor, is upset about. Yeah, and, and as well well, we should be here, uh, and, and the election's uh, supervisor down in uh, Broward County, this Brenda Snipes, I mean, you know, I mean, a, a, a court slapped her down for, uh, you know, for disposing of congressional ballots when she shouldn't have. I mean, she's very suspect down there in the, the land of the liberals, and uh, we're very concerned that politically to the left, the end justifies the means. What happens? All of this goes, the vote counts go to the Secretary of State in Florida this weekend, right, Michael? Well, yes, with that, at least that's the plan at this point. We have yet to see how that's all going to come together and if it will indeed happen at the time frame that we're hoping to have this happen. But that's at least the plan at this point. And, you know, what we're hearing across the country on different levels is that you're starting to see uh, different amounts of votes that seem to pop up from areas that they had already either expected the votes were counted for or yeah. for some reason there's been a delay in getting this in. And we're not talking about delayed mail-in voting or any along, anything along those lines. Right. So a lot more questions and answers. You know, there's the question about why did nearly 25,000 people in Florida vote for a government? but not the U.S. Senate in Broward, those are questions that are going to have to be answered as well. Was that a, a design flaw in the ballot, or what was that? How did that happen? Yeah, it's so called undervoting. Those questions are yeah. still going to have to be answered. Yeah, we got to go, Michael. i got a news break at the bottom of the hour, but thanks so you much for coming that. on. Michael Bauer on The Recount. Thank you so much. And more on that with Alan Spector here at the bottom of the hour with the news as the race for governor and the race for Senate tighten up excruciatingly here amid charges of voter fraud from both Governor Scott and Senator Marco Rubio and a liberal Supreme Court justice in the hospital. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you at 7.30. Give me more on this in a moment, but the president has been tweeting about uh, initiating a probe into uh, what's going on uh, in the wake of the election here in Florida with these multiple recounts staring us in the face. Alan, what do you have on this? Well, thousands of uncounted votes continue to pop up in Florida's U.S. Senate election. Republican Governor Rick Scott believes that's a sign of voter fraud favoring his opponent, Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson. On Fox's Hannity last night, Scott said election supervisors in Palm Beach and Broward counties are attempting to interfere in the election. Some of these other supervisors that did it the right way are Democrats also. So every other county, Republican or Democrat, those supervisors did it the right way. These two didn't. They have violated the law. We're, we're going, I've, I've asked the Florida law enforcement to do an investigation, uh, and, we're, and we've already filed a lawsuit. We're going to make sure we win this. I won this election for the benefit of the people of this state. A statement from Nelson's spokesman says their goal is to see that all the votes in Florida are counted and counted accurately. But last night, Republican Senator Marco Rubio told Fox's Tucker Carlson. They held a press conference and said that we're not here to just have a recount. We're here to win. 
And look, we have procedures in the law for close elections and recounts. I have no problem with any of that. I have no problem with anyone availing themselves of what the law allows them to do. Here's my problem. My problem is this is focused on two counties and in particular one county. The latest figures show Scott's lead over Nelson down to 15,000 votes. Republican Ron DeSantis is about 36,000 votes ahead of Democrat Andrew Gillum in the governor's race. And Democrat Nikki Freed now leads the Agriculture Commission race by about 4,000 votes over Republican Matt Caldwell. Florida's 67 counties have to turn in their vote totals by 1 p.m. tomorrow, at which time a decision about recounts will be made. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A member of the U.S. Supreme Court is in the hospital. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is recovering at George Washington University Hospital after falling in her office and fracturing three ribs on her left side. Ginsburg, who turned 85 in March, is the oldest member of the court and has served since 1993. Ginsburg Health has received close attention for years. She cracked two ribs in 2012 and has survived two bouts with cancer. The justice has a couple of weeks to recover. The court will next hear oral arguments on November 26th. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. President Trump will be in Paris today with other world leaders to commemorate the end of World War I. The ceremony will mark the 100th anniversary of the armistice, which brought an end to the war in 1918 and is a national holiday in France. It was a rout on Thursday night football. Final score, Pittsburgh Steelers 52, Carolina Panthers 21. And elsewhere, bud. Yeah, Alan, what's going on, buddy? Here's the real news. The Magic (laughs) 8-Ball, Uno, and Pinball are joining the Toy Hall of Fame. Since 1998, the Hall has inducted several notable toys that have had a huge impact on child play, like Barbie, Play-Doh, and Crayola crayons. The Magic 8-Ball has lost most of its novelty since the 1900s, but remains a go-to for random questions about the unknown. Oh, it's great. It's like the prehistoric (laughs) version of Alexa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The card game Uno was invented by an Ohio barber in 1971, changing family game nights everywhere. Yeah, it did. And pinball, despite its early shady beginnings in gambling, now takes up innocent space in many arcades and bars across the United States. The iconics, uh, the iconic toys beat out another Hall of Fame finalist, the American Girl doll. Didn't make the cut, huh? Maybe next year. All right, maybe voted in by the Veterans Committee like they do in sports, you know, who <laughs> yeah, that's knows? That's right. <laughs> A great white shark named Jane is checking out the Jersey Shore. So far, the 10-foot fish likes what she sees. Osearch says Jane was tagged in Canada last month and has been pinging away all week off Cape May, New Jersey. Like Mary Lee, another great white that frequently visited New Jersey, this teenage shark has her own Twitter account and says she's excited about her adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't imagine there are too many people swimming in the frigid waters of... The Jersey Shore in November. Let's uh, hope not, anyway. I got the ocean all to myself. OMG. <laughs> <laughs> a lucky mistake. <laughs> Finally, a lucky mistake is making a group from one Michigan office a lot richer. A group at Sound Off Commercial Vehicle Solutions in Hudsonville, Michigan, pooled all their money with plans on getting a 50-50 mix of Mega Millions and Powerball tickets. However, the person buying the tickets accidentally put all $212 down on Mega Millions last month. That turned out to be a fortunate accident because the very last ticket turned out to be a $1 million winner. 
and it would not have been bought if half of the money went to Powerball. Amazing. When Lady Luck picks you out of the crowd and smiles on you, these things happen. Well said, bud. All right, Alan, catch you for more news at the top of the hour and whenever it br- the eight o'clock hour be with me here. Uh, we're going to have a live update on the uh, on the massacre and the aftermath and the ongoing investigation, among other things, to determine what in the world was the motive of the killer. Now, though, on a much brighter note, it's time to play the daily sound judgment game. We got a jam-packed crowd of contestants here on the fifty thousand watt front porch, playing for a great fall traditional family event here. Free tickets to a great event, and uh, Steph, let's talk about it. Yes, we have a pair of tickets to the Taste of Orlando at Waterford Lakes on Saturday, November 10th. This all-day, family-friendly food festival features delectable taste of the city with live entertainment, a kid zone, a man cave, and much more. Tickets are on sale now. Visit WFLAOrlando.com, keyword events, for more info. You're going to Taste of Orlando on us. You're going to love it. If you haven't been, um, you're just going to be blown away. And if you have been, you know what I'm talking about. So we're ready to go. Are you ready? For today's Sound Judgment game, we're going to take you back to two years ago this morning and the presidential election result we were reporting on and talking about that shocked the world. Listen now to CNN anchor Wolf Blitzer announcing the left's worst nightmare. The moment Donald Trump reached 270 electoral votes and locked up the presidency. Then, use your sound judgment to name the state that put Trump over the top on that unforgettable night. Right now, a historic moment. Uh, We can now project the winner of the presidential race, CNN projects. Donald Trump wins the presidency. The business tycoon and TV personality capping his improbable political journey with an astounding upset victory. Donald J. Trump will become the 45th president of the United States, defeating Hillary Clinton in a campaign unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime. Wish you could see the look on Wolf Blitzer's face. But at any rate, what state put Trump over the top with the electoral votes he needed to get over the 270 electoral vote threshold? Name the state, line one. Rhode Island. No. 407 916 That line is now open. Grab it. Line two, name the state that put him over the top. Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ten electoral right. votes. That was it. I, You know what? When I put this question together, to be honest with you, I'd forgotten it was Wisconsin. I would have guessed Pennsylvania. How did you know the right answer? Uh, that was one of the best nights I've had in I don't know how long. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't about to forget that one. Yaffe said he might have guessed Michigan. We'd forgotten it was Wisconsin. But, hey, you know, you're a member of the smartest audience in talk radio. You've, you have uh, proven that here. If you give me your first name, I'll write you a note. Uh, Danny. Danny? Yep. Yeah, where are you calling in from today, Danny? Apopka. Excellent. Great to have you with us on Good Morning Orlando, and congratulations on winning Sound Judgment. Thanks, bud. All right, good deal, my friend. Don't go away. You and Steph will work things out for the prize. All fair. Congratulations, Danny. You're right. The 10 electoral votes from Wisconsin put Trump over the top. And the left has never recovered. Good morning, Orlando. On a very, very busy Friday morning here, we are glad you're with us. I got to tell you, friends, be afraid, be very, very afraid that the Democrats will do whatever it takes to steal the elections away from Rick Scott and from Ron DeSantis, 
for U.S. Senate and Florida governor, respectively. They will stop at nothing to do this, which is why Governor Scott and Marco Rubio are up in arms charging voter fraud down in the land of the liberals, Broward and Palm Beach counties. We've been talking about it. We're going to have more on that with the news at the top of the 8 o'clock hour uh, and your calls on that as well. We're also going to have a live report in the aftermath of the Florida or make that the California massacre that was breaking news yesterday morning. So a very busy third hour here. We'll want you to be with us. Callers, stay on the line if you can be patient. We will get to you as those topics come up. Now at the top of the hour, I can tell you that before we bring you the news, we'll announce it's free movie Friday again. And how would you like to back off the gas and relax with your favorite movie at a theater of your choice and go absolutely free? It can happen this weekend thanks to Adam Tickets. Text them now to record, R-E-C-O-R-D. Text record to A-T-O-M-1. That's 28661. Do it now for your chance to win free movie tickets. And check out that Adam's Ticket app. It's amazing. That's where you go to browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. Have fun and happy, happy free movie Friday from all of us. News now with Alan on a Friday. He's dropping by to tell us why Rick Scott's going to court alleging voter fraud and the latest on that mass shooting at a California bar setting the table for our conversations in our number three on Good Morning Orlando. And good morning from us all. We're glad you're with us at 8 o'clock. Good morning to you. And more important, good Friday morning. We're delighted to have you with us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning Rick Scott goes to court. Details are coming up in one minute. Yeah, we're talking Florida Recount with you, and we'll have a live report in a moment on the aftermath of the massacre in California. Good morning, Orlando. Hour number three, and welcome aboard. 804 on News Radio 93.1. Every Floridian should be concerned there may be rampant fraud happening in Palm Beach and Broward counties. Governor and U.S. Senate candidate Rick Scott held a news conference in Tallahassee last night as his race against Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson appears headed toward a recount. He noted that votes were still being counted in Palm Beach and Broward counties 48 hours after the election. The people of Florida deserve fairness and transparency, and the supervisors are failing to give it to us. Scott said a lawsuit has been filed against Palm Beach and Broward counties for violating Florida law by withholding information and not allowing certain officials near the ballot counting area. And President Trump, who considers Florida his second home, has just weighed in on the recount drama here. We'll have that in a moment. Meanwhile, an attorney for Senator Bill Nelson claims a recount will flip the preliminary results in the U.S. Senate race. Mark Elias says he's looked at the numbers, and there's no doubt in his mind that Nelson beat Scott. When, in the end of the day, all eligible voters have their votes counted and counted accurately, the fundamental truth that we're going to learn is that more voters voted for Senator Nelson than voted for Governor Scott. And there isn't anything that Governor Scott and his billions of dollars are going to be able to do about that. Elias says there's an issue with what's called an undervote in the Senate race that could make a big difference in a manual recount. Our phones have been on fire on the recount situation, and they still are. We will be talking about it in hour number three. And I'm still talking about it. The governor's race is also now in recount territory. The latest numbers have Republican Ron DeSantis' lead over Democrat Andrew Gillum down to about 36,000 votes. And Democrat Nikki Freed is now in front of Republican Matt Caldwell in the contest for state agriculture commissioner. 
All 67 counties have to report their vote totals by 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and state officials will then see if the race is close enough to require any recounts. Oh, man, this is going to make the year 2000 look like nothing, Alan. This may go on a while. I'm going to see if I can vote again later today. Oh, stop. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Mourners were on hand last night in Thousand Oaks, California, for a vigil honoring the victims of Wednesday night's mass shooting at a local bar. Some 1,800 people turned out at Thousand Oaks City Hall. Hundreds of college students were packed into the borderline bar and grill Wednesday night when a gunman dressed in black opened fire on the crowd, killing 12 people before turning the gun on himself. Police are trying to figure out why 28-year-old ex-Marine Ian Long did it. Yeah, and that's the great question that remains unanswered. We'll have a live report from one of our top national correspondents in moments here on Good Morning Orlando. All right, bud. Migrants from Central America are continuing their long walk to the U.S. border where they will request asylum. They left Mexico City this morning. The Trump administration said yesterday it will not hear asylum claims from anyone who does not come into the U.S. through an authorized port of entry. And the largest cruise ship in the world heads to its permanent home in South Florida today. Royal Caribbean's Symphony of the Seas made its first U.S. stop at Port Canaveral Thursday morning. The ship is nearly 1,200 feet long, four football fields basically, and holds almost 9,000 passengers and crew. Unbelievable behemoth this thing is. Amazing. You know, I'm thinking it should have a football field on it. It's big enough. (laughs) It does. WFLA News time is 8.07. A 69-year-old man tries to legally change his age to get more Tinder dates. Hmm. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. I saw this, Alan. He's playing like the transgender game where they're like, you know, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I may have been born a boy, but I identify as a girl, okay? He is 69. Yeah. But he's identifying as a 49 year old, so he wants to be considered 49. Yes. That's where we're going with this. Okay, we'll see how it plays out. Good luck. Check it on the website. (laughs) Alan back with the news at the bottom of the hour and whenever it breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer. Steph is screening calls. And we have a live report coming up in the aftermath of the. the carnage out in Southern California that was breaking news when we were with you yesterday morning. And uh, the very latest on uh, the investigation into what might have been the motive of the gunman and folks out there who are coming to grips with the terrible, terrible tragedy from this latest mass shooting. Uh, We'll have that um, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which I will do in two minutes right after we bring you the latest Keyword of the hour in our ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Are you ready? You can win a thousand bucks in cold cash. Listen now for the keyword of the hour. Text the keyword to 200 200 and good luck. But the other truly compelling story beyond the recounts and in a totally different light the massacre at the Borderline Bar and Grill in normally peaceful Thousand Oaks, Southern California. It was breaking news when we came on the air yesterday. We threaded it through our entire three hours, and our hearts are broken. We know yours are as well. Let's get an update in the aftermath of all of this. Any new information on what motive might have motivated the shooter as we bring in News Radio 93.1 national correspondent 
Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning. What can you tell us? Well, Bud, good morning. Yeah, at this point we know, of course, what happened and how it happened. The sequence of events is pretty clear and has been mapped out by authorities, including the uh, Ventura County Sheriffs and the FBI and the ATF. But the question remains, uh, why did this young man uh, take this action? Ian David Long, of course, was a military veteran, spent five years in the Marines, including a tour in Afghanistan from uh, November of 2010 to June of 2011, and uh, and had been on the radar of authorities. Uh, he had undergone a mental health check after a d- disturbing the peace complaint last April. At that point, an on-site evaluation was done, and authorities determined that he did not meet the standard for an emergency psychiatric hold in California and was not a danger to himself or to others. So this is a young man who had some issues, again, not only finding a direction in life, but perhaps some of the after effects of serving in the military. Why he took this action on this night at this venue is still a question. This was a place, Bud, that he had been before. According to friends, he enjoyed going there. Uh, This was a night where there was a lot of young people. It was college night. Uh, So those questions remain, and authorities have been going through his computers, going through other information at his home where he lived with his mother uh, to try to find a hint. Now, there had been one. Facebook post that was attributed uh, to this shooter uh, talking about, I hope people call me insane, he said. Wouldn't that be just a big ball of irony? Oh, I had not uh, heard go- that before. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. And and going on to talk about how in these situations people talk about uh, thoughts and prayers. And uh, so, uh, hmm. again, that was attributed to him. There's yeah. no confirmation on that. Uh, but still, it may give some hint as to his state of mind. But once again, we have and we've been down this road before, we have a situation where someone who may have had an emotional issue uh, kind of slipped through the cracks here. Let's talk about the aftermath of all of this. I mean, we had um, not only a total, including the gunman, of 13 people dead, but we had, at last report yesterday, 10 or 15 people who were wounded. Um, What is the status of those who were hit but survived? I mean, have we got some folks whose lives might still be hanging in the balance? What do you know about that? Well, what we understand is everybody will recover, and not all of the people suffered gunshot wounds. Some were suffered injuries just in the, as you imagine, the panic to get out of that nightclub, suffered uh, physical injuries mm-hmm. there. But there were some gunshot wounds involved. We understand that at this point everybody is expected to recover. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I, and it looks like the death toll will not increase here, but uh, many questions remain to be answered, and uh, and we hear the heart-wrenching stories, but uh, you've heard them all, and none more so than the Venturi County Sheriff Sergeant uh, Ron uh, Helis, who was the first person to engage the gunman, and unfortunately, the 29-year veteran of the uh, Sheriff's Department was uh, was shot and killed. So he, he's many considered a hero who stories. tried to get between the gunman yeah. and other folks who were club goers there, and may have taken bullets that would have killed others. Absolute hero, no doubt about that. Yeah. And another uh, another disturbing aspect of this, it's just incredible that some of the people, including one of the person reportedly killed here, were actually in Las Vegas for the, when the Vegas shooting occurred. Can you imagine that? No, I uh, cannot. Re- reliving that nightmare. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Surviving Las Vegas only to succumb to what happened in normally quiet and peaceful yeah. Thousand Oaks, Southern California. Oh, it's a compelling, heartbreaking story. It's an important one, though, to get up to date on, and uh, we appreciate you doing that, as you always do so well. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, we appreciate you, as always. Have a good weekend, bud. You too, my friend. In a moment, we're going to get, if you want to react to what happened out there, we talked earlier about 
as it come in this country to the point where we just have to accept that there is risk anywhere we go. We accept risk when we go out on the highway and drive. We accept risk when we hop on an airplane, you know, when we have no control over our fate at 35,000 feet. We, we count on the pilot and the plane to get us where we're going. We accept some risk, and we just go about our business doing what it is we care to do. Has it come to the point where, because I don't know how you stop something the way it unfolded there in Southern California, that we all have to just kind of um, process and uh, into the equation of what we choose to do um, yeah, there's risk to just going out for a night on the town or going out to a restaurant to eat dinner. Pretty disconcerting, but I guess that's where we are. At least that's what it feels like to me this morning, and it is very unsettling to be thinking that way. At any rate, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the recount drama here. Um, th- this is this is really, really bad news what's going on. I think Scott and Rubio are right. I think that they are engineering voter fraud in the liberal Broward and Palm Beach counties here and they have a reputation down there and how they handle the elections, which um, gives everybody pause to think that things are not on the up and up. This is a serious deal going on here, and I would not be surprised if the Senate race winds up getting flipped, maybe the governor's race as well. And then that's a prescription for unrest and political chaos in this state for I don't know how long. So we can talk about that if you'd like to, 407 916 or hit me with a toll-free call at 866-916-5400 or a text message with your thoughts at 23680 or standard message and data rates apply. An update now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes. Stick around if you can here on the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Every day since the election, the left-wing activists in Broward County have been coming up with more and more ballots out of nowhere. We all know what is going on. Every person in Florida knows exactly what is happening. Their goal is to keep mysteriously finding more votes till the election turns out the way they want. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. Governor Rick Scott. Senator Marco Rubio tweeting, Latest ballots dumped by Broward and or Palm Beach County have flipped the Ag Commissioner race to Democrats, shaved another 4,000 from Scott's lead in the Senate race. Since 3 a.m. Wednesday, slow drip from these two Democrat-controlled counties have cut Scott's lead from 54,000 to 17,000, and they refuse to disclose the number of ballots they have left. Um, The uh, elections commissioner down in Broward County is a liberal activist by the name of Brenda Snipes, who's been shown to be you know, at least incompetent and maybe corrupt. A court ruled in May that she had illegally destroyed ballots from a 2016 congressional race, for God's sakes. I'm telling you, for the left, the end justifies the means. They will do anything to flip these races. And I'm telling you, they've got a real shot at it here. And this is really, it's outrageous, I think, what's going on here. And I think Scott's right. We all know what's going on here uh, line one, go ahead, Ed. You're up from Claremont. Yet nobody goes to jail. Yet nobody gets held accountable. I mean, the same garbage is coming out of Palm Beach and Broward County yet again. Yep. And we had trouble with them in jail. 2000, and this is going to make 2000 look like nothing. This is going to be an all-out political war. You know what, bud? It's bad enough that we got to fight against free stuff. We have to fight against Santa Claus, fight against socialism. But now we're fighting against corrupt policies coming out of that liberal bastion down in South Florida. I am so outraged and disgusted with what's going on. And I tell you what, there was a poll that I saw that 43% of the American public believe we're headed towards civil war. 
you know what? I think it's going to go higher because I am so outraged. And if they do flip this election by somehow because of this drip of un- unaccounted ballots that mysteriously show up, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny that – think about this, uh, uh, Bud. Yeah. Cat 5 hurricane went through the panhandle. They got all their votes in. Yeah. Yeah, they managed to do that up there, didn't they? And they just can't quite get it done in the land of the libs, Broward and Palm Beach counties. And it's more than incompetence and, you know, and and uh, and and antiquated voting systems down there. I I mean, I, I think it is partisan, politically driven corruption. I really do. And we will see how it plays out. How about some textures on this issue, Yaffe? Uh, yeah, one person says, "Why is the why is Florida the joke of every election cycle?" Uh, it seems like that sometimes. Oh, I don't have the answer to that one, but yeah. <laughs> Another person wants to know if President Trump will send the DOJ to South Florida to investigate. Well, I don't know because he, you know, he talks about law enforcement, but I think he might be referencing Rick Scott's call late last night in that uh, news conference. You heard him sounding off in where he said that uh, you know he has he wants uh, FDLE to investigate. Now maybe. Maybe uh, the president wants to up the ante even more. Maybe they'll be talking to him on the tarmac when he gets an Air Force One to go over to Paris for the um, observance of the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One. You know, he takes a lot of questions there, and I hope somebody will ask him. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. My guess is it won't be Jim Acosta. I don't think he has credentials anymore. <laughs> yeah, I doubt. But that's another story. Uh, anyway, bottom of the hour news update with Alan Spector on these three statewide races uh, that are headed now for recounts. And uh, in the NFL Thursday night game, oh my, what a powerhouse performance by Pittsburgh. The Steel Curtain fell big time on the Carolina Panthers. Good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio on the Friday. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. Good morning to you at 829. Great to have you with us on a Friday morning. And those especially who are just joining us, we're going to get you up to date on this recount drama here in Florida. What do you got, Alan? Well, Bud, with his lead in the U.S. Senate race over Bill Nelson down to less than 15,000 votes and a recount on the horizon, Republican Governor Rick Scott is alleging voter fraud in two South Florida counties. We've all seen the incompetence and irregularities in vote populations in Broward and Palm Beach for years. Well, here we go again. I will not sit idly by while unethical liberals try to steal this election from the great people of Florida. At a news conference in Tallahassee last night, Scott said he's suing Broward and Palm Beach counties, claiming they violated Florida law by withholding information and not allowing certain officials near the ballot counting area. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio is also casting a suspicious eye on those same two counties. The Florida Republican was on Fox last night. It's concerning when you go to sleep at 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning after the election and, for example, Rick Scott is up by 60,000 votes, 54,000 votes, whatever it was. Today is at 17,000. And the only counties that are still reporting are Palm Beach and, and, and uh, Broward. Rubio criticized Broward County Election Supervisor Brenda Snipes, a Democrat he called incompetent, and who he said has a history of violating state and federal laws. Democrat Andrew Gillum may still have a chance to become governor. The official vote count has Tallahassee's mayor trailing Republican Ron DeSantis by less than half a percentage point, which would be close enough to trigger an automatic recount. And the race for state agriculture commissioner is already flipped, with Democrat Nikki Freed now holding a slight lead over Republican Matt Caldwell. Vote totals from all 67 counties are due in Tallahassee by 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and then state officials will order recounts if needed. 
The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The nephew of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg says she's up and working and making jokes. Ginsburg has been hospitalized in Washington after suffering three fractured ribs from a fall. Indestructible. Well, she's had a lot of big-time health problems in recent years in her mid-80s right now. And she's never missed a day on the court. Is that right? Yes. I think she's about to miss a few now, isn't she? I could be. I don't don't think they hear oral arguments again until later in the month, so maybe she'll make it. We'll see. Ben Roethlisberger threw for 328 yards and five touchdowns as the Steelers crushed the Carolina Panthers 52-21 on Thursday night football at Pittsburgh. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin said it's a nice way to get an early start on the weekend. You get games like that sometimes. The ball gets rolling downhill. We're appreciative of it. It was a great atmosphere tonight. Um, Man, uh, we'll we'll enjoy this this long weekend and and get ready to roll up our sleeves and fight again. Pittsburgh improves to 6-2-1 on the season. Carolina drops to 6-3. And elsewhere, bud. Yeah, what you got for me? It's music quiz time oh, again. Oh, this is my ultimate nightmare. I think you're about 1 and 14 so far. If, you know, <laughs> you know, if you don't play Mary Had a Little Lamb and ask me to name that tune, I'm going to bomb on these. I love music, but I can't get these quizzes. Well, Try me again. I'm going right. to take another shot. All right. <clears throat> See, bud, if you can name the singer of this massive hit song from the year 1982. Little Diddy. Jack and Diane, two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jackie gonna be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. All right. Another crash and burn over here. You know, I think people would have been disappointed if you'd actually gotten it right. I don't have any idea. Yaffe, what about you? You're looking in there. I can't tell whether the expression is, come well, on, bud man, you must know that or you don't have a clue either. No, well, I've heard that song a bajillion times, but I did not know, but Stephanie got it right. Steph, what is it? It's John Mellencamp. Yes! Yes! All right. I wasn't even born then. Oh, now I'm really, <laughs> really humiliated. Maybe I'll just start playing the game with Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, why don't you do that? Let me sit this out. I'll take a pass. That is the singer who was originally known as John Cougar, then John Cougar Mellencamp, and finally, simply John Mellencamp. Why am I talking about him? I have no idea because well, you knew I had no chance. Well, John is now engaged to when Harry met Sally actress Meg Ryan. Ah. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and Ryan have dated on and off since 2010. Mellencamp has been previously married three times, and this will be Ryan's second trip down the aisle. I give him about six months. Nearly two dozen items belonging to the late (laughs) Stephen Hawking brought more than $1.7 million at auction. Christie's Auction House reports one of the iconic physicist's early motorized wheelchairs sold for nearly $390,000 in the auction that wrapped up yesterday. Wow. A copy of Hawking's doctoral thesis sold for more than 760000 The items also included a copy of Hawking's book, A Brief History of Time, signed with his thumbprint. Oh, my goodness. And finally, bud, it looks like holiday-flavored potato chips are definitely a thing, but now they're gone. Thanksgiving-flavored Pringles is what we're talking oh, about I here. Oh, I think we were talking about that about a week or so ago. Yeah. Uh, what's the update here? Well, this is an online product. That's right. Pringles' three-can pack of turkey in a can, stuffing in a can, and pumpkin pie in a can rolled out online at a minute before midnight Tuesday night. 
They sold out in less than one hour. See, I can't get into that thing. To me, and it's psychological, food needs to look a certain way. If it's going to, you know, it tastes a certain way, mm-hmm. you know? For turkey, it's got to look like a turkey or a slice of turkey. It can't look like anything else. A dog biscuit's got to taste like a dog. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and they're very good with chocolate milk, as I told you. <laughs> I just don't know what I'm going to eat on Thanksgiving now. My plans are ruined if yeah. I can't get that. <laughs> you had the whole dinner right I mean, there geez. with three cans of Pringles. <laughs> what, am I going to cook or something? No. <laughs> I don't know. Would you, I, 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 if they gave them away, I wouldn't eat them. I can't imagine. Hmm. Something gross about well, that. Well, just have some giblets. and. <laughs> Alan, thank you. Always great having you bringing us the news on Fridays. Sure. Veterans Day weekend. And what better way to honor our veterans on our show than to play once again, as we do every year, my narration of what is a veteran. Enjoy. What is a veteran? Some veterans bear visible signs of their service. A missing limb, a jagged scar, a certain look in their eye. Others may carry the evidence inside them. A pin holding a bone together, a piece of shrapnel in the leg, or perhaps another sort of inner steel, the soul's ally forged in the refinery of adversity. Except in parades, however, the men and women who have kept America safe bear no badge or emblem. You can't tell a vet just by looking. What is a vet? He is the cop on the beat who spent six months in South Arabia sweating two gallons a day, making sure the armored personnel carriers didn't run out of fuel. He is the barroom loudmouth, dumber than five wooden planks, whose overgrown frat boy behavior is outweighed a hundred times in the cosmic scales by four hours of exquisite bravery near the 38th parallel. She or he is the nurse who fought against futility and went to sleep sobbing every night for two solid years in Da Nang. He is the POW who went away one person and came back another or didn't come back at all. He is the Quantico drill instructor who has never seen combat but has saved countless lives by turning slouchy, no-account rednecks and gang members into Marines and teaching them to watch each other's backs. He is the parade-riding legionnaire who pins on his ribbons and medals with a prosthetic hand. He is the career quartermaster who watches the ribbons and medals pass him by. He is the three anonymous heroes in the Tomb of the Unknowns whose presence at the Arlington National Cemetery must forever preserve the memory of all the anonymous heroes whose valor dies unrecognized with them on the battlefield or in the ocean's sunless deep. He is the old guy bagging groceries at the supermarket, palsied now and aggravatingly slow, who helped liberate a Nazi death camp and who wishes all day long that his wife were still alive to hold him when the nightmares come. He is an ordinary and yet extraordinary human being, a person who offered some of his life's most vital years in the service of his country and who sacrificed his ambition so others would not have to sacrifice theirs. He is a soldier and a savior and a sword against the darkness, and he is nothing more than the finest, greatest testimony on behalf of the finest, the greatest nation ever known. So remember, each time you see someone who has served our country, just lean over and say, thank you. That's all most people need, and in most cases, it will mean more than any medals they could have been awarded or were awarded. Two little words that mean a lot. Thank you. Veterans Day weekend. There will be observances from today right on through Monday. The Orlando Downtown Parade is Saturday morning. Let's honor our veterans. We owe them all debts of gratitude, which we can never repay. In a moment, Moira's in the house, and she's got a special show on WFLA today. Moira's Mixed Company 
uh, focusing on the aftermath of the presidential election. And now, of course, or all the uh, the races here in Florida, we have the recount drama going on. We've been talking about it. So yes, Moira's perspective on a special show you might want to be a part of that uh, happens today. Moira's in the house, and we'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Moira from our sister station, WTKS 104.1 Real Radio, is with us right now. And... Uh, the third Friday every month normally is a little different this um, this month because of Thanksgiving and other issues. She hosts uh, Moira's Mixed Company here on WFLA on a Friday from 3 until 6. Today is the day, and you're focusing on doing something I'm not sure anybody can do, making sense <laughs> of the midterms. That is correct, bud. We've waited and waited 11 shows to finally put our toe in that water. And three days after the midterms, who would have thunk? that we still don't have a governor and we still don't have a senator. And we are going to talk today about can we, in 2018, disagree without being disagreeable when it comes to politics? Can we have a civil conversation about this? Can I respect your opinion right of center? Can you respect mine left of center? We are going to talk to people from both sides of the aisle. It's a town hall-style meeting. Yeah, well, now here's the way it works. Your format, yeah. if you're just joining us right now, Moira's Mixed Company is really unique in local radio. And um, and the first hour is right here on the 50,000-watt front porch where you and I sit as we speak. So what happens from 3 to 4 today? Then what happens down in the big studio from 4 to 6? From 3 to 4, we sit in here. It's a one-on-one intense interview where we actually have a conversation with the people on the panel. And then at 4, we do the big Mopra studio. It's Moira and Oprah mixed together. Got it. And we go in there. There's a live studio audience. There's food. There's giveaways. And I walk around. There's people up on the dais. The guests are on the dais. And I walk around, a la Oprah, yeah. and talk to people who want to ask questions like a town hall style sure. meeting and people can ask questions people can sort of shift around, you know figure it out in their own head settle things down and we are ha- we had a very spirited discussion last week when we talked about last month we talked about race in yeah, Orlando this month one. we're talking about politics and we're making sense of the midterms again when when i called people we have candidate to one and candidates who didn't coming in. And from both sides, correct. Republicans and, uh, and Democrats, correct. independents in the middle. And correct. then, of course, you take phone calls and text messages just the way we do on Good Morning yeah. Orlando for yeah. the first hour That's here. Right. And then you walk among the audience. And if folks want to be a part of this with something to say, they can be live on the radio, part of the studio audience, and they can get in on this. I right? would love that. We always save some spots for people who walk in. You can go to moirasmixedcompany.com and reserve your seat. We like to do that so we know for tables and setup and food. We like to know who's coming. But if you just want to come to 2500 Maitland Center Parkway, we're here, fourth floor. If you get here, the studio audience part of it is four to six. So quarter to four, maybe get yourself settled and have a little snick snack. And then we will start the big show at four o'clock, four to six. You are really wading into it, talking politics oh, after these midterms with a recount thing going on yes, right sir. now. I thought are it'd you be ready settled. For that? I'm going to hang on. Hang. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle yeah. up. Uh-huh. Right. right. That's what I'm hoping. Hoping, you know, I'm hoping we have a spirited conversation, but I'm hoping that it is it is civil and we can have some discourse. And that's all today on Moira's Mixed Company. Beautiful. And if folks want to be a part of it and learn more about it, go on our website, WFLA Orlando or Moira's Mixed Or um, you can go to WFLA Orlando.com, keyword Moira, and it's all there. Okay. Yes, sir. Moira's Mixed Company. Moira's in the house, uh, working a long day here. Can't wait to tune in and see how Ooh. that goes this afternoon. This is going to be interesting. Thanks, bud. Three to six on WFLA. That'll do it for this edition of the show. For Moira, for Alan, for Yaffe and Steph, the Bud Man here. Thank you so much. 
Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Honor the veterans in your life, in your community. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.